Um, so hello everybody and welcome to the Sideline Eye podcast. Um, another different version of the podcast coming this week um, as we continue our build-up to Armagh's semi-final clash with Donegal coming up on Saturday. Um, at I think it's at quarter past one on Saturday in Breffney Park. Um, so just something a bit different to try to keep us all entertained and um, as we lead into the build-up. We've got Frank Craig on, who is a Donegal man, um, and you might not recognise his name from the Gaelic life. He's going to fight Donegal's corner as we tried to pick our Armagh and Donegal combined 15. And of course, for the Armagh side, um, with Paddy Savage joining us as usual. And we're going to discuss all the players that um, are possibly going to be on the field on, on Saturday. And if we were to put a manager's hat on us and we're allowed to pick a team between the two squads, what we would come up with. So um, thanks very much for joining us, man. And I suppose just to start, Frank, um, coming into this game, Armagh have no pressure on them. It's Donegal, they're going for three in a row. Um, they're now one of the few challengers for Dublin now that Kerry are out and either Mayo or Galway are going to be out after the weekend. So um, how's things around Donegal? What's, what's the feeling going into this game? Things are good, I suppose. There was such a huge build-up to the Tyrone game and even, you know, in a normal environment, in a normal world, you know, it, it was meant to take place in May 17. I mean, the draws for the championship are usually made, you know, the tail end of the previous year. So the build-ups, you're always chatting six or seven months. And with COVID, the fact that we didn't know it was going to happen, then it was it snowballed into November. There was word about home advantage being coughed up. But the game was eventually played. I was at it, even stripping it back completely, no crowd, uh, void of that maybe, you know, acoustic atmosphere that, that is unparalleled between those two and they meet in Balbafay. It was still fascinating. It was still amazing. And maybe some of the criticisms that we have between Cork and Kerry, you know, in terms of the weather and that there, you know, it wasn't an issue for Donegal and Tyrone. The pitch was a mud bath. It was still two sides going at it, hammer and bombs, whereas the, I thought the playing surface, you know, you know, the last night between Cork and Kerry was perfect. It just That was a game that didn't live up to it. But Donegal got over that hurdle. Suddenly you're starting to dangerously look at the path in front of you and thinking, wait a minute, this is a clear run now to an All-Ireland semi-finalist, particularly with Monaghan gone as well. But, you know, Armagh resurgent in the sense that they're back in Division 1. They've six seasons now, I think five under his belt. This is Kieran's sixth. You know, he's been given time. We've wondered, you know, was he bringing them on in the way that we'd have liked or anticipated? Or certainly people in our I would have liked and anticipated. But I think they'll look at this here game as probably their best chance in a long, long time to maybe make a real dent in championship. And listen, if they could do it, I mean, there's an Ulster title on the, on the table for them then. But I think whoever wins this game will definitely win Ulster. But Donegal probably need to guard against us not to be looking too far down the road and maybe end up in an All-Ireland semi-final. What do you think, Paddy? I suppose a lot of the tension is going to be from that Kerry and Cork game and, you know, the amount of underdogs that have already won. We've seen Calvin beating Monaghan, even Nimrick putting it up to Tipperary was maybe unexpected. There's two ways to look at it, I suppose. Cork winning could give Armagh confidence that the underdog can do it. But Kerry losing might give Donegal a kick up the ass and sort of they know that they're going to be in a dogfight here. And that they can be beaten because it's knockout football, bad weather, and I think can happen. Yeah, I, I think the main thing that that comes out of um, the, the results recently is just Donegal looking around and saying we are as good as any other team that's left in that competition. Um, you know, Donegal must now be really thinking of themselves as you know real All Ireland contenders. Okay, we know Dublin are are going to be 
really, really overwhelming favourites now. Um, but from a Donegal perspective, I mean, they have to be looking at you know, if they if they win Saturday, you know, you've got a um, you know Cavan or or, or down and that big game against Dublin, and you know Mayor or Galway are going to go. Um, you know, Donegal will be huge favourites against uh, um, you know, against either uh, Cork or, or, or Tipperary. Um, so yeah, it must you know because this is such a quick championship. Like there's only there's what maybe nine games, eleven games left in the whole in the entire championship. Uh, you know, which is is sort of hard to believe. It feels like it only it's only started. But you know, Donegal have a massive chance. Um, and you know, Saturday. You know, sadly, they'll know there's a banana skin there. Um, and, you know, it's also a big opportunity for our man in terms of uh, getting to an Ulster final. We haven't been to one for, for 12 years, uh, Sean. And, you know, it's it's one of the better teams in Ireland that, that, that's starting our path on Saturday. So you straight into this, boys, and we'll, we'll try to pick our, our best 15 from the two squads. Um, so to start, um, this is... Probably one of the easiest choices and one of the hardest. Easiest because there's only two options. Hardest because you have two fine goalkeepers to choose from here. Um, and I suppose, Frank, we'll, we'll start with you about Sean Potton. Um, I suppose he's been the Donegal keeper. He's the recognised Donegal keeper now for maybe, I think, two seasons. Um, this this has been his third. And against Tyrone, he probably showed us a bit of the good, bad and the ugly of him, of his performances. Um Obviously, the kick out for the goal was incredible and got a lot of plaudits. Um, but then you had his, I think he gave away, for Tyrone's first point, I think he gave away a bad kick out. And then, of course, Dark Callaghan's goal. Um, I suppose maybe it, it depends on where you're looking at it. If it was Owen Bond Gallagher's fault or Sean Patton's fault, but it wasn't a great pass from the keeper back to Gallagher. So um, I suppose with Sean Patton, is he, is he prone to mistakes like that or... Is it just the, the pressure of knockout football and maybe the bad weather went against them? There's two things to kind of look at there. In terms of his dispatches, I think he's he's absolutely amazing. He's right up there with Stephen Cluxon and what he can do. Donegal are pushing up now. They're a bit more adventurous and they're leaving the likes of Paddy and who hasn't played yet. But Paddy Berti and Jamie Brennan stick very close to goal now. There is always two up and there's always an option there. Um, around that middle third, he can... I mean, Michael Langan, you know, Q McFadden, Michael Murphy only dressed out, Jason McGee, uh, Keelan McGonigal. You have, you know, four, five, six players that you're talking, six, three, six, four. So the pattern can go long to them, but the short kickers in those pockets against their own, I mean, to see it in the flesh, like you're looking to land, you know, land the ball in a very small bit of space away to run with choking and trying to push up. And that's a super skill. I mean, the first one, of course, he got wrong. And listen, I think, you know, if McCurry had to go for a goal at their time, you know, might have put Tyrone in a really, really good position, but he took the point. Uh, I have no qualms whatsoever in terms of his distribution. If you're going to, you know, take chances and try and be adventurous and offer something different, that it's going to take to beat Dublin. Sometimes you're going to get it wrong. In terms of mistakes, just maybe from, you know, a normal sense of, of what we view goalkeeping as, he has made one or two. As you say, I think they're... Most of the, the blame rests with Owen Van Gallagher for that goal. But to be fair, his goalkeeper, you know, fisted a ball that landed at his feet on a very muddy day when it, you know, he would have much rather than his chest. He made a mistake in Dublin and Co Park back uh, in the league pre-COVID. Um, I think the, you know, the explanation, a very honest kind of fellow, you know, if you ring him, he, he answers the phone, talks about this. I think it caught in the lights that night in Co Park. But... I wouldn't be overly worried about it. I think, you know, if you're picking the second best goalkeeper in the country after uh, Cluxton, I think Sean Patton has to be in the conversation. I think he's much more consistent than Niall Morgan. Um, I think, obviously, Rory Beggins called in terms of what he offers scores, but I think that's a double-edged sword. Your goalkeeper's kicking points. Sometimes, you know, there can be that conflict between maybe your two main uh, free-takers and then your goalkeeper. And I think there's been a bit of that with Monaghan at times over certain kicks. So, I mean, I would argue Sean Patton's the second best goalkeeper in the country. So I would definitely uh, say that he's the best goalkeeper between himself and Blaine Hughes at this time, definitely. What do you think, Paddy? Blaine, I suppose, is he's been Armagh's keeper now for three years. 
He has played every championship game since making his debut in 2017. He's undoubtedly Armagh's best keeper. But as Frank says, Patton is up there in that top three or four in the country. It's it's hard to sort of break into that um, for Blaine, isn't it? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I suppose maybe, you know, Blaine's in that sort of next tier. Um, uh, you know, um, sort of trying to improve it and get up to the legs here in your clubs. Um, you're already begging Sean Patton and, and goalkeepers. Uh, like that, um, but you know, to be fair, the one thing about Blaine was that um, there was a lot of pressure on him uh, at certain stages in the in the Derry game, um, you know. But but Niall Grimley came on, uh, Niall Grimley came on, and clearly the message was get a few kickouts to, to Niall there, and he did that. He did it really successfully. Um, a lot of pressure too. If you remember when Derry got that free uh, just towards the end. Um, and, you know, there were a point down, there was going to be one player left, and it was a critical, critical kick-out, and, you know, um, Armagh won it. So, look, Blaine's very, very good, uh, very good goalkeeper. Um, as you said, it just come on to a panel and then straight away be starting every game for three years. Um, you know, that, that, that says a lot um, uh, about his ability, but, you're, you know, if you're, if you're picking a, a player, you're probably, uh, uh, I think Sean Patton probably shades it. So we go with Patton for a keeper and we'll move on to the defenders. Um, this will maybe cause a bit of um, controversy when we go into the defenders. Um, I suppose to start, I'll come back to you, Paddy, and um, I suppose uh, we'll start with the full back line. I'm one of the best full backs of the last decade or more has been Neil McGee. He's been a rock solid full back for Donegal their go-to man marker and even again I know he was took off at half time against Tyrone due to an injury but he picked up McKenna and didn't give Conor McKenna a sniff on the whole talk before the game the Tyrone game was who was going to give uh, who was going to go on McKenna and how they were going to do and I suppose Neil McGee he's maybe at the twilight time of his um, of his career now but he's still a force to be reckoned with at full back isn't he? Oh, definitely. Look, massively experienced player, one of the top players in Ulster. And yeah, he's one that you'll very quickly uh, put down in your team and he'll be getting on to, I think, virtually every team in the country. What, what do you think, Frank? Who who jumps out at you um, on that Armagh side of the defence? Well, funny, you know, you said we go to the fallback lane first. Uh, listen, Neil McGee, I think, has been the premier fallback in the country. I mean, he burst on the scene in 2007, actually, because that. Stephen McDonald couldn't believe he was 35 the last day, but Stephen McDonald, you know, his words were that Donegal wouldn't have won what they won without Neil McGee in the exit square, and he's still there. I think Stephen McMenamin looks like a ready and able replacement too. There's that doubleman, and there's that, you know, cynicism in him that he wasn't found wanting either in Conor McKenna in that there second half. Funny, the one that pains me and hurts me here, Paddy McGrath's my own club mate, and I've backed Paddy through thick and thin over the years. I mean, I think, you know, the big statistic of Paddy is, you know, in the last three championship meetings with Conor McManus, he's held Conor to one point from play. But at this moment, Paddy is struggling with injury and maybe fitness, and he's not in the Donegal team. So the lad, I think, the lad I've been impressed with, and the lad that I would slot into that fallback line, along with Neil McGee and Stephen McMenamin, would be James Morgan. What do you think, Paddy? We, James Morgan has obviously been a recognised Armagh defender now, um, an All-Ireland minor winner in 2009. Um, he's one of the standout defenders. Not anybody watches the Armagh Club Championship. It's always James Morgan's always in that top bracket. And I suppose from Armagh's full back line, you probably have James Morgan, Paddy Burns and Ryan Kennedy would all be recognised man-markers and Candy come out with a lot of plaudits the last day out for holding Shane McGuigan um, scoreless from play. So who who in the Armagh full-back line do you think would make this team? You know, to be honest, uh, Sean, I mean, I think there's a credible enough argument that uh, the best man-marker in inverted commas is as unbelievable as this, as this might have seemed a year ago, but that Armagh's best defender has been Aidan Fogger. Uh, over 2020, so I think you'd definitely be having Aiden in the discussion. Um, uh, you know, I think he'd be putting down a fair, a fair claim to be honest to pick up at least one of the, the um, 
uh, you know, at least one of the the places in the defence because he, you know, he has been used as a as you know, as a, as a as a man marker, um, and then he's been you know he's been able to get forward as well. So, yeah, I think probably you know uh, maybe we'll talk about Aiden again in the in the half back line, but um, certainly in in terms of taking on uh, you know the the opposition's um, best play, uh, you know top top forward, it, it certainly it has been Aiden and. Uh, and and uh, and Ryan Kennedy. Um, I suppose the big thing from an Armagh perspective in terms of their their defenders has been just the you know defensive shape, keeping out goals, and you know avoiding the concession of frees. Um, and you know discipline. You know the discipline is so so important. Uh, you know it'll be important on Sunday, and it's important for every defender not to be given away needless frees. Um, so what do you think, Matty? Who who will we choose for our our corner man then? Uh, well, if I thought I would maybe just go with Aiden then. Uh, if I maybe keep some, uh, or will we, will we hold him back for uh, for a half back line? Um, He's getting a thumbs up for me in the half back line, Aiden Fogger. That makes it an easier. Uh, yeah, well, then we'll maybe put in Ryan, uh, put in Ryan Kennedy, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about Aiden when it comes to the half back line. Well, I suppose, Paddy, do you agree with Steve McManaman, or would you maybe like to see anybody else in that um, from the Donegal side in that discussion? No, I mean, I think I'll, I think I'd have to defer to Frank on that one. Um, but uh, yeah, look, uh, you know, Donegal, um, pretty good, uh, pretty good defence, and pretty strong throughout the whole the, the whole pitch. To be honest, and half back line. Um, so I suppose we'll have Aiden slotted in. Um, maybe it's centre half back there, and he wore number six against Derry, and of course come up and kicked two points as well. Number five, I suppose it's going to be hard to argue against Ryan McHugh. Um, Frankie's been one of the best wingmen, whether it be wing half back, wing half forward, um, since you know Jim McGinnis brought him in. I think it was 2014, maybe was his first year. 2013, um, he actually came into an All Ireland one in squad, but obviously it was a very bad season to come into because for one reason or another, remember Donegal capitulated badly in Ulster against Monaghan, and then were torn apart. MAO and the qualifiers. Um, but you know, just revert to Paddy's original point here. Yeah, I know we're picking three, three, two, three, three, but listen, there'll be matchups made by Kieran McGeady and Declan Boner, you know, prior to this year. And listen, if Ray McHugh starts in the half forward line or, or half back line, there'll be somebody designated to go with them. So I suppose we can take with a pinch of salt where we're where we're laying these boys. It's probably more important to get the best 15, but like I think Ray McHugh would be in the conversation for you know the best 15 in the country again. You know, I think he's that good. I mean, pound for pound, we talk about that in boxing. I think pound for pound, what Ryan McHugh offers you is, is brilliant. And particularly in winter football, his ability maybe to right a tackle or, or dip a shoulder and take a man on. He's going to want a lot of frees, you know. He has this great habit of, particularly probably because he's vertically challenged, you know. A lot of tackles seem to get him around the head, you know. He's almost like a poster boy for concussion in the last two years because he, he's had a number of serious kind of things. Just to he throws himself and bringing, I mean, every bit and every ounce of skill to go along with that there too. Two-footed, take a pass. The understanding he has with Michael Murphy is ridiculous. We've seen some of the goals, you know, over the years that those two have combined and uh, set up. So, yeah, Ray McHugh nailed on, and it's probably no disrespect to anybody, but I think Ray McHugh would probably be nailed on on, on a national side as well. And In terms of, I think he's three All-Stars already. So, yeah, listen, the young couple of the year too, he's... 2014 needs quality baller. But I don't think there'd be much arguments made for um, for Ryan McHugh not getting into the team. Um, thus, Ryan and Aidan will have, and as Frank said, Ryan McHugh's going to be a marked man. And even if he's playing wing halfback, a defender from the Armagh side we have lined out here is Mark Shields. He's probably going to be the one to go to wing half forward to man mark Ryan McHugh. Um, so I suppose, who, who do you see out of either side getting in this last spot in the combined 15? This was one player, others is uh, Owen Ball and uh, Owen Ball and Gallagher as well. Uh, Frankie be a you know, big, be, fan, be really big fan. He's, he's a lad that went to Australia and apparently by all, by all accounts done very well in the two weeks he was over there but had little or no interest and in given that a go for any prolonged period he, he came home again and I, th- I think, you know, the word was that he really impressed the people out there. It was like a combine where a number of sides have been looking at him. Listen, all the things that, that Ryan McHugh offers you, you know, he offers you 
you know, he kicks a lot of the same ball. Probably just, maybe not as polished as Ryan, but maybe offers you something more in terms of he can play cornerback, he can play wing halfback, he can play in the centre too, where Ryan obviously you wouldn't use him in your fullback lane, but he's real quality as well. He had a really nasty, nasty injury um, that kept him out, you know, for the guts of the year in terms of a broken leg. Bounced back from that there. Doesn't seem to, you know, miss his trick. We talked about that mistake that he made against their own. I think the conditions and so on probably lent itself in terms of the ball as well, Pat and Gibbon. But he'd be my choice as well. I just think he's established, you know, he's probably the premier wing back, maybe an Ulster on the other side. Uh, if we talk about using Ryan McHugh at number five, you know, Owen Barnes probably the recognised number seven that you see a lot of pundits, you know, putting in all-star selections or national selections as well, you know. He's rated outside Donegal, and that's always a good barometer too. So we're agreed. That's Owen Bond Gallagher in then, Paddy? Yeah, I mean, look, if you just look at sort of the, you know, what he's achieved in the game, you know, in, in terms of winning those couple All-Star championships, uh, you know, he's been a, he's an All-Star nomination. He, uh, you know, Irish News All-Star All-Star, um, was in the Sunday Game Team of the Year uh, back, in, back in 2018. You know, that's a... As a hell of a CB for any player, um, and he'd be very hungry. I suppose coming coming back after after that injury. So, yeah, I think you know the four running all defenders, and then you know the, the two best defenders for Armagh this year so far have been Ryan Kennedy and uh, and Aidan Falker. So I think that makes sense, uh, Sean. Yeah, I don't think there'll be too many arguments about that. Um, so we'll move on to the middle of the field, and I suppose maybe. Something that was discussed before the Throne game and after the Throne game was Donegal's um, physicality around the middle of the field and, and their height advantage. Of course, you had uh, McFadden and McGonagall was the two starting midfielders, but you had your whole half-forward line. You had Thompson, O'Donnell and uh, Michael Langan. You had Morphy out there. You know, you have five or six giants there for Donegal around the middle. I suppose our, our model won't, won't fear that. Um, the four midfielders we have nominated here are all, all capable midfielders, all big men as well. And you have Rain O'Neill can come out and play there. Um, and has Dunny interchanges a lot with Oshing um, between full forward and midfield. So, um, Frank, w- we could see a good old-fashioned um, uh, midfield battle here on, on Saturday. Uh, yeah, funny, I think, Sean, you pulled the fast one here with Niall O'Donnell. Niall O'Donnell's a, a recognised centre-half forward. You left me just with three midfielders here in Donegal, so... I'll let you away with that there. I'll just say it was an error on your part. But it's the one area I think that, that Armagh won't, won't be feared of going toe-to-toe with Donegal. You know, it's an inexperienced line besides maybe Q McFadden. I know Murphy, you know, lends, you know, lends out there a good buddy. You know, he throws behind midfield, he goes in front of midfield. He goes kind of where he wants. But, you know, Q McFadden in the last 12, 18 months has improved no end. He came in under Jim again in 2014. Lost a couple of his formative, maybe important years at J because he, he was dabbling in soccer, giving Sligo Rovers, he was at Van Harps and all that. Took him a week while to get back in the swing, I think. But I mean, in terms of directing traffic now, I mean, he's every bit as vital and vocal as, as Michael Murphy, you know, patrolling, deciding who runs, setting the tempo. So out of cue there. In terms of Kieran McGonigal, I was impressed with him the last day. I thought, you know, it was a solid, solid debut for a man starting. Jason McGee is serious ability, serious talent, but struggling with injury at the, at the minute. The other lad that might have come into the equation there is Michael Langham, but he was superb. At I don't even know if you would call it a wing, a wing half forward. It was more of a narrow, you know, two along the half forward line and lent himself to kick outs or different things. But, you know, I would go a big cue there in terms of Donegal. And then the other lad, you know, if I was picking an Armand man, it would probably be Neil Grimley, you know, I would fancy those two to have a right ding-dong at the weekend. Yeah, I suppose um, Hugh McFadden. I think he's the he's the vice captain of Donegal. Um, he he's obviously a crucial member of the team and in round the middle. And Paddy Armagh will have to plan for him on Sunday. And as we said, they have plenty of bodies in there to do it. Uh, do you think McFadden makes the the combined fifteen? And I suppose who would you see as his partner if he makes it? Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's a fair enough assessment from Frank, but. Um, I'd probably maybe just disagree with the the, the midfield partner. And it's very hard because you know Neil Crumley's been a a superb uh, you know superb player um, for us. But I just think what Oshin O'Neill offers there, 
in midfield and then in terms of being able to switch in and out and um you know into full four with the likes of Rain. Um uh you know, I just think he's an outstanding footballer. Um you know, he kicked that, you remember that that brilliant uh winner he kicked against uh against Westmead in the qualifiers a couple of seasons ago when he was really just announcing himself into the um into the Armagh panel. Um and uh you know, with all you know, the, the way that he's he's played, I think he's, he's got a, a club all star every year. There's been one. Um, Oshin uh, has in our mass. I think I'd maybe just uh, just just maybe give him the edge to, to partner uh, partner Hugh McFadden there at midfield. I suppose, Paddy, we might as well talk about it a bit now. If you see if Michael Murphy comes out into the middle of the field, which he definitely will at stages, he's not going to spend the whole time at full forward. Who do you see picking him up? Are you, are you going to see Ryan Kennedy picking him up and, and following him out? Or is it going to be somebody like Stephen Sheridan maybe marking him and being able to mark him in midfield and then have to go to full back if Morphy goes inside? Yeah, I mean I think I think that's right. You know, like if, if Morphy comes out to midfield, I'd I'd say it's a it's a fair enough assumption, Frank, that he'd be targeted for kickouts then by by Sean Patton. Um so then if you're you know, if that's going to happen, you're going to want the likes of a Stephen Sheridan, um, your natural fielder, going up against them. What do you think, Frank? Who, who would you see from Donegal's perspective? Do you think will will Murphy spend most of his time out round, or maybe is there a sense that Armagh maybe don't have that height in the full back line that he might spend some time at full forward? It's Listen, if you look at some of the heat maps that some of the lads are producing there on social media, really impressive work. But some of you know, Michael Murphy's a lot of things, but one of the things he's underestimated for is his mobility. I mean, he covers a lot of ground. And like, their own did not learn their lesson last year's Ulster final. They made the same mistakes again in Balbuffet at Fort made a goal. You know, if the kick out isn't, isn't even directed towards Murphy, it causes bedlam out there besides panic. When the, just his presence alone, they panic. And when you have lads around the trim around the edge, then like Hugh McFadden, you know, Langan, McGonagall, and even if Jason McGee, who, who's a huge lad, you know, you're talking 6'5", he is fit, you know, to play a more prominent role the next day. You know, Donegal can make hay in that sense. And they're not just big lads. They're very aerobic. And, and I think that's one of the things, you know, looking down the line, what you need to be done. You need physicality, but you need movement and mobility too. And that's a very impressive thing about those four or five players we talked about with Donegal. You know, I, I spoke with Martin McElhenney last week on the Tyrone game, and, and we were just looking ahead to this. He, he's talking about that unit now in the middle of Donegal. He says they're better than what Donegal had there when they won in All-Ireland in terms of Neil Goller and Rory Cavanagh. That's a big statement. But the more I thought about it, the more I tend to agree. Because football has changed. You, yeah, you need to be fit to feed the ball, but you need to be fit to move it as well. And the, uh, that's the conundrum now for Kieran McGinley and his management team to make I mean, how does he plan for Murphy? It's going to have to be a designated role, you would think. But then again, the modern game, there's players that pick up certain players for kickouts. But once the ball's in player and transition, then somebody else comes on to them. But like, Eamon McGee made a point during the last day that that's a strange dynamic. Some players don't like that. You know, some players want to know who they're marking. And that's what that's their responsibility for the 70 or so minutes. Don't they all are very tactical. You know, they, they've got a Great management team there now in terms of Stephen Rochford. You've Carl Lacey, who's very cerebral. Anyone who's spent time with Carl Lacey and talked about football, I mean, his mind's brilliant. Like, he knows his plays, he knows his tactics. And listen, we're talking about a full time All Star and a former player of the year in 2012. So, Donegal have the ability now, think, yeah, I think, not just in terms of the ability they have on the team, but even their game management now has definitely improved. I think you could see that against their own. They all didn't panic later on. You know, we saw that game out, know, you know, a bit on their own accord. You know, in the heat of battle as well. So it's up to Kieran McGinley how he approaches this here. Yeah, Michael Murphy has to be watched, but he was watched, you know, to a large degree well by Tyrone. You know, Michael Langan still kicked one two. Then you know, Kieran Fadden was able to dictate play. I think it allowed Kieran McGonigal, you know, to express himself more subtly because there's two, sometimes three people looking to crowd out Michael Murphy. So I suppose we'll, we'll move on to the forwards and we'll get talking about Morphe um, a wee bit later. But I suppose we'll look at this half-forward line first. And um, I suppose from an Armagh perspective, 
their their main threat is going to be from their attackers. Thus, um, I suppose every preview about Armagh is about their great attackers. Donegal obviously have some awesome um, forwards as well. So Paddy, I suppose we'll we'll go with the half forward line. And who from our? I think with um, sixteen men there, who do you see slotting in at uh, at half forward? Nice easy one there. Um, <laughs> look, uh, I mean, I suppose if you think of the forwards as a unit, um, well, look, I, I mean, obviously we're going to have, you know, Michael. Michael Murphy and and Ray O'Neill are going to be two of them, so we're probably looking sort of four forwards to to play around that. Um, I assume that's a as a reasonable enough assumption. Um, I mean, I think you know from an Armagh perspective, you'd be um, you'd be at, you know looking at the likes of Rory Grugan. I mean, Rory's a brilliant player. He's been a real playmaker uh, for Armagh throughout his career, but he, he's really blossoming at the minute. Um, you know, and uh, and he's a he's definitely somebody that you would want there. Look, you know, Michael Murphy, you could probably you could play him anywhere. Um, probably play him anywhere in the in, in you know, up and down the um, uh, you know, up, up, up or down the pitch. He's he's, so, he's just he's such a good footballer. You know, he, he's been he's been one of the most uh, talented, not even just talented. Football, you know, but he's, he's had the talent, but he's achieved so much in the game. Um, he's just been, he's been an exceptional player. Um, you can play him anywhere, so the half forward is you know potentially as as uh, as good a position for him as as um, as any other. And then uh, you have you know you Kieran um, you Kieran Thompson, uh, who's been a, a really really good um, really really good player uh, for Donegal. Um, so I don't know, Michael. You know, and then you have the star of the moment, then Michael Landon, uh, Michael Lang, Langan, sorry, who had such an exceptional performance against uh, against Tyrone. Um, so I suppose those are your, you know, from a half forward perspective. I think those are your, your sort of star names uh, there. Um, but I'm also looking at Owen McHugh, Jamie Brennan. Um, so. Uh, you know, I think you know, it's probably going to be in around those uh, those types of people. But uh, certainly from a from an Armagh perspective, it, it, you know, it's probably uh, you know, Rory Grugan and maybe Stephen Campbell uh, who you know, make the, the key impact from that from that area of the pitch for Armagh. What do you think, Frank? Um, would you agree with Rory and Campbell getting in, or, or who do you see making up the half forward line? The two that I mean, there's other from our my perspective. I went with Ray O'Neill at eleven, and obviously Murphy at same again. Murphy at fourteen, and maybe trying to build a four around that. Kieran Thompson kicked seven points against uh, Tyrone. You know, I think he's a fantastic footballer. Uh, and then Michael Langan, you know, the one-two sort of was you know an announcement of him on that stage, even though he's been there you know a season or two already. Um, I, you know, Rain O'Neill, I would go Rain O'Neill and Kieran Thompson and Langdon either side of them. And that's no disrespect to anybody else. I just think, you know, when I hear him now, I think their two lads are, you know, could make a huge difference for Donegal uh, at the weekend. You know, they were match winners when maybe Ryan McHugh and Michael Murphy weren't at the very premium or top level against Tyrone. It was Kieran Thompson and Michael Langdon, you know, that saw Donegal over right. That's the great sign of a team that when maybe. Oh, one or two of the races are pretty to a degree. Brian McHugh and, and Michael Murphy were still very good against their own, but they weren't the lads that had to bail them out like they usually have in other seasons. But the plus for me was that the likes of Kieran Holmes and Michael Langdon you know, step up to the What do you think, Paddy? They were, they were two you mentioned. Um, would you be happy enough with Ryan out on the half-forward line, or do you see him more inside maybe with the likes of Morphe? Yeah, I think no. I think you'll be playing Ryan inside. You know, like he'll. It's funny. It's probably quite similar with you know with Murphy there too, and that he'll sort of switch between midfield and full forward, and you know it's almost like a compromise. You end up you know thinking of him as a, a you know as in that number eleven role. Look, I yeah, I, I think you know I like seeing Ryan on the inside line. Um, you know, but uh, you know, look, he's a bit like Murphy uh, in the fact that he will do. He'll do a job anywhere. He's a fantastic fielder of the ball. 
he's a brilliant uh, he's a brilliant, he's a brilliant point taker and you know I suppose from an Hamar perspective what we're hoping from Rain is that he'll turn into as successful um, a footballer as as Michael Murphy and he'll take all those you know those talents and um, get the absolute most out of them uh, and you know show that sort of leadership and, and brilliance that, that Michael Murphy has over the last decade. I suppose if we're if we're playing Rain inside, um, I mean with one place left the half forward line and that probably if I was taking a vote I would go with Rory Grugan based off he was man of the match the last day out. Uh, he's my own club mate Frank, so I have to shout out. I've killed me all Paddy McGrath doesn't see this because I love Paddy McGrath in the full back lane, but again I qualified that decision. But no, listen, we'll let you we'll let you Sean make the deciding uh vote here. And um, so we will we'll slap well, 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 why don't we just keep the anticipation going, Sean? So if, if we say that we're agreed that you know Rain and Michael Murphy are there, and Langdon and, and, and Thompson, and two, Langdon and, and, and Thompson are two more places to to make. Does that does, does that work? That's one hundred percent. So with two with two places left and plenty of talented forwards to make them up. So I suppose Paddy. Shout out who you think deserves at least one of them anyway. Um, I'd probably make... I'd make a big case for Stephen Campbell. Um, you know, I, I, I just think that he can be so important a player. I think he's got that di- dynamism that, uh, as I took over my words, uh, that, you know, that, that any team needs. Um, you know, he can pick the ball up. Uh, from the sidelines, charge board. He's got pace. Um, I think he's, you know, it, it'd be sort of a toss up in in my head in, in terms of effectiveness for Armagh over the past season or two uh, between himself and and Rory uh, Rory Grugan. Um, but I, I I definitely think that I definitely think Stefan, you know, makes a makes an exceptional claim for uh, uh, for a position there. Hey, what do you think, Frank? Do you, do you agree with Campbell or, or what two players would you think should slot into them positions? We're talking about the, the full forward line now, the, the last two, yeah. Um, with two centre-half forward and corner forward still going with Morphe and O'Neill inside, so um, right. somebody right. to accompany them and a centre-half forward. Listen, I think Paddy McBrady probably is the immediate one that jumps out. You know, he's an all-iron winner and even at the minute, you know, with him you know, being injured, you know, a funny ball where to, to be bowling enough down the track. I think they can win an Ulster title without him, but I don't think they could get past Dublin without him. You know, he is that good. He's just probably not been unlucky because he's been fantastic, but Michael Murphy clips with everybody. So Paddy's probably second fiddle, but there, there's no disrespect in playing second fiddle to Michael Murphy. You know, McBrady is one of the few forwards left in the country, probably along with Conor McManus, that, that can play up top in one ball. You know, and, and Jimmy Clark, or sorry, Jimmy Brennan actually is somebody that does that too. And that's, that's what I like about both those players that you don't have to ask them to drop deep. When you drop deep, then you don't offer anything maybe in transition or encounter. The question is, don't they all ask us now when they leave two players up top? Hopefully, Paramount Berkey and Jimmy Brennan at the weekend. You know, sides have to, you know, offer some protection to that there. So it gives Donegal scope then around that middle third to play more football than they might have done under Rory Gallagher, and even a different sort of game to what they played under Jim McGuinness. Um, I think Adam McBride is an exceptional talent. Uh, power, pace, you know, a wand to the left foot. So, Adam McBride would be the, the immediate one that jumps out of me. What do you think, Paddy? I think Paddy McBride has shown us enough. I think he's been about nearly 10 years now that he would probably get into most teams in Ireland. Oh, yeah. Look, if, if Paddy McBride is available, he'd be on the team. And, um, I suppose, maybe can we get any? Can we get a? Uh, can we get any sense from Frank or the, from Tony Gall as to you know? Are they? Are you, are you expecting them to be lining out? Or is he available for selection here, Frank? We were told he's available, but we were also told he's available for the the injury is a quad injury, and at the time I remember a former county player telling me we could open at five weeks. Um, five weeks at that time, almost put up to all in a single lineup. Listen, if he was fit to go against Tyrone, he would have been stronger in the last 10 minutes because that was a game that was in the melting pot. 
Die meine Herren sind jetzt wahrscheinlich nicht so lange, dass das da hier rauskommt, weil sie sind immer in der Regionen, das ist die Regionen, und die meine sehen, aber die können die Bogen und Brief, und die meine Resistenz geben, weil es another lot there in Ocean Gallen, die ist, you know, superb, absolut superb, und die Vorderbande, fearless, you know, ist in der Jugend, next big thing in Donny Gold, even though he's in the second season here down here, but a precocious talent, you know, took on a huge score at the end of that time, one of the lads that he couldn't find the space, or even, you know, the balls to make it all, we've seen that even with Cork the last night, players were so scared to back themselves at the end of the morning time, at the end of next time, Orson Gallon against the Lone, to score the game, so even if Pan O'Berkey isn't able to go, you have a young lad to come in there, what a deputy. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do with it because I think, you know, if they haven't seen this title and how they can go down in an all ireland semi final. I hope I hope we don't take the right off the ball again, but factoring in the Yankees inclusion from their off on Saturday will be part of that bigger picture definitely. I suppose, Paddy, um, will, will slap McBrady in there. I don't think there's any arguments about that. I'll give you the last word. Who who gets the number eleven jersey? Well, you see, now I'm thinking about all the now I'm thinking about all the other players. You know, because we haven't mentioned Jamie, and um, you know, we have a lot. If we have McBrady, we have uh, we have Red on we have Red O'Neill, we have Michael Murphy. Um, we've got a lot of strong, powerful runners uh, now. Um, so I'm just wondering, does, you know, does Jamie's you know, really different, you know, graceful style um, and, you know, Baldwin Nobility, does he maybe come into it now? Um, you know, do we have lots of players who are, are giving you the, the likes of probably Paddy McBrady in terms of those, you know, and Stephen Campbell, probably pretty similar players. Um, so the... I'm wondering, is that maybe edges towards Jamie? If it's in terms of somebody to play number eleven and pick out passes, um, it'd be you know, you know, maybe it's Rory. Um, so look, I'd be pretty happy to be the manager that's trying to make that decision. To be perfectly honest, um, and I'm 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 a bit at a, I'm a, bit at a loss. Uh, I, I yeah, I think if you had that team. And you were saying, right, I can play one more player. Um, maybe it'd be Jamie. Uh, but, you know, this team isn't going to play. And, you know, the likes of Rory and Stefan are going to be really, really important to Armagh um, uh, on, 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 on Saturday. Um, and, you know, look, you know, Jamie had a great game on, uh, against Derry, um, both before and after, a uh, you know a needless black card. Um, he is that sort of mercurial talent, um, and you know, okay, well, we'll we'll, we'll maybe give we'll give Jamie the the, the jersey, uh, just about, and we'll maybe play about a little with. Uh, we'll probably want Jamie a bit closer to goal, um, uh, and maybe of of have rain and. Uh, Avrina or, or or Michael Murphy uh, coming out as I say it's a uh, it'd be a nice it'd be a nice problem to have. Uh, so Frank, we, we've given you Rian at centre half forward. That's what you were after. Um, so you happy enough with Jamie Clark inside? We were talking about centre half forward and just in terms of like Paddy qualifying, you know, looking for that, you know, bit of maybe guile and craft. So much pace and power, right? Maybe Jamie. You know, wouldn't be an option for there, but you talk with Mercurial. Sometimes Mercurial is a handy word maybe to use instead of any unfulfilled. You know, and I always get that sense that Jamie Dark is sort of a full spirit that, you know, and, it, and the same way that maybe Orm and Ellis was for Donegal, though football isn't the most important thing in his life, and he's still ridiculously and secondarily good at it. What other comes down to a question of inside, um, Jamie, I can't believe him. I'm actually deciding to leave Jamie Clark off my team, but I'm going for Jamie Brennan in, in the sense that he's seen a pattern where he can want inside ball. And it seems to me, I don't know if Jamie Clark can't or doesn't want to. There's that sense that he drops out the field and sometimes, you know, not in the way that Michael Murphy might be or influence the side, but at the same time on his day, I 
bigger size he could actually end up being the guy that wins the game for Armagh against Donegal. But for me, Jamie Brennan was probably playing in the Ulster Championship last year right up until the Super 8 where it just didn't work, didn't work against Kerry and it didn't work against my own Castle Bar. But up until that point, he, he, he'd been pulling trades to absolute part. So, listen, there's two against one here, so probably out judgment. But I would have went for Jamie Brennan inside. But I think these two guys are going to go for Jamie Brennan. Oh, I think it's so many for oh. two for Armagh forwards in, Frank. <laughs> what a way. I, I can't... We can't have spent, Sean, we, we, we can't have spent the last few weeks uh, you know, talking about how wonderful we think this Armagh Ford lane is and, and how it's what's going to, uh, you know, hopefully, just, you know, but it's certainly got us out to Division 1 and it's going to, you know, maybe sustain us and run the championship and then only get one of them into the team. So, I'm going to have to try and find two Armagh men in there. You know, the year now, you have to get a judge going to go on, I suppose, you're going for a third off your pike line, you're going for six since 2011. But, I mean, all that could be flipped in its head next Saturday if Armagh get the result. You know, you look back to 2010, that great Armagh side, we were on their way out, you know, they embarrassed Donegal and Cross McGlain, but most of those same players were back, you know, within the next year, one and off the Titan for Donegal, and within 24 months, one and all Ireland. So, I mean, in terms of attitude, and that's why maybe I made that, you know, differentiation with, you know, Jimmy Bennett, Jimmy Clark, Attitude and application is, is huge now in Africa. Talent's one thing, but you need to work every ounce and every drop of that there talent and to the team and into the squad. And I mean, we were talking about Cork. I think, you know, Armagh beating Donegal on Saturday wouldn't be as big an upset as Cork was beating Kerry. I think Armagh have a really good chance in this game. They're back up to Division 1. You know, Kier McGinney is a past master. He'll have these boys fucked into a frenzy. I think the time of year is going to be a great leveller. You know, the weather isn't great for the weekend, so it could come into one of those games where it's French warfare. And I've seen Armagh and Co Park against Donegal in 2014 as well, where Donegal allowed it to become one of those French warfare games as well. And Armagh nearly beat Donegal. People forget about that because the Dublin performance afterwards. But Armagh nearly beat Donegal that there day. They came back to 2015 then. Funny enough, under Rory Gallagher, Donegal blew them away. At the athletic grounds, but I think this sixth season for Kieran needs to make an impression, needs to make a mark, maybe, and leave a legacy with not just this Armagh team, but Armagh 2008, not 12 years ago, since an Anglo set last came back. So I'd be nervous about this game, and I know a lot of good, educated JA people in Donegal are a bit nervous about it. We don't see it as anything, anything gimmick. What do you think, Paddy? Has Armagh got a chance, or how do you see it far and out? Yeah, no, I think we've got a chance. Um, as you know, to go back to the, the conversation with the Armagh Fords, I think any any team that is going to be able to field a, a, a side with Oshin O'Neill, with Rain O'Neill, with Stephen Campbell, Rory Grigan, and Jamie Carr is going to have a chance uh, in a game. Um, are they favoured? Absolutely not. Um, uh, you know. The um, you know Donegal go into this go into this match as rightful favourites as a team that are a genuine All Ireland contender that have taken out uh, only two weeks ago another genuine All Ireland uh, contender they're an established Division One team okay I know they had that season down in Division Two but they've been you know, div- you know div- uh, Division uh, Division One for the vast majority of the past decade. You know, when we talked about and you put it up on screen here, we're talking about these players, you know, they're players that have gotten, you know, all-stars, all-star nominations in Michael Murphy. They have possibly the greatest footballer of the, uh, you know, past decade, certainly, you know, is he is he one of the best, is he the best player in Ulster since Peter Canavan? Uh, you know, and Steve, you know, Stephen McDonald and, and those players, I think it's pretty... Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's pretty arguable, if not clear, that he is. Um, you know, we've also lots, lots of players with all that, you know, or certainly some players with all medals, um, lots of Ulster medals and that money goal team. So this is a step up for Armagh. Um, can they make the step up? I hope so. Um, it's, you know, it'll be easy to be wise after the event uh, next Monday and say, you know, either it was a step too far or this Armagh team were... We're ready. Um, I do think, as uh, as Frank says, the conditions are are, are leveler, um, particularly you know, because our, our big concern, uh, Sean, has been conceding goals, conceding big scores. 
if it's a day where you're not going to necessarily get a big score, maybe that plays into Armagh's uh, hands. So, look, all I think we can say, I agree with Frank 100%. I don't think that Armagh beating Donegal would be as big a shock as Cork beating Kerry was. Um, but, you know, I put it, you know, I'm, I still think that, you know, an Armagh victory is something that I'm hoping is going to happen rather than something I expect to happen. So just before we finish up, we'll run through the team that the lads have decided here. So we have Sean Potton in goals, Brian Kendi, Neil McGee, Steve McManaman, half-back line, Ryan McHugh, Aidan Falker and Owen Bond, Gallagher, Hugh McFadden, Ashton O'Neill, midfield, Kieran Thompson, Rain O'Neill, Michael Lynn, Langan, half-forward line, and Paddy McBurdy, Michael Murphy and Jamie Clark inside. So, lads, I think we're happy enough with that, with what we've picked through. Um, 10 Donegal and 5 Armagh is probably fair enough seeing where the both teams are coming from. Um, maybe if we'd done this next Monday evening, um, it would be a completely different team. But thanks very much for joining us, fellas. It was a good well, night. Uh, Stephen Campbell. Stephen Campbell has to be the first sub, Sean. <laughs> as soon as any of those players go down, or, or, or if Paddy McBearty isn't fit, then that's uh, that, that is Stephen Campbell in because... Uh, so I was just swayed by the fact that there's lots of, of Stefan type players, but um, yeah, um, I, if Brady fails the fitness test, I'm putting the I'm, I'm putting the call in for uh, for, for Stefan there. Um, so for Paddy substitute, that's our combined sixteen in, um, <laughs> between the two squads. But thanks very much for joining us, fellas. On is a good night and a good debate. Thanks very much, and we'll be back on hopefully on Friday with our preview podcast of this weekend's game. No problem. Thanks for my intro. All right. The game changer slips inside.